Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm A.J. Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. Join my VIP program. Commit, don't quit at EffortlessEnglishClub.com, EffortlessEnglishClub.com. All right, we're live today. We're doing an interview. Homeschooling. Homeschooling is our topic. And Christy Clover is the person I'm interviewing. She's an author. She is an expert on homeschooling because she did it herself and is doing it herself with her own children. And this is, uh, I know it's one that a lot of you have asked for. Please, please, please interview someone about homeschooling. Interview someone who's doing it now. So, we're going to just jump right in and we're going to talk to Christy now. So, Christy Clover, her website is RaisingClovers.com. I'll put it on the screen in a minute while while I'm talking to her. But I'm just going to go ahead and talk. Let's jump in. She's waiting. So, let's do it. And hi to everybody. I see a lot of our familiar names. Great. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see if we can get Skype to work. Okay, first we put it on the screen. Oh, then I move. And then we call. I think it's working. It is. Hello. Hey, hi. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. If I can get you. Okay, and we can't see your video yet. Okay, I am on. Middle of the. Let's see. It says it's on video. (laughs) (laughs) You have to love live. Oh my. (laughs) It's okay. No worries. (laughs) Let's see. I've got. Yep. I even have a little screen control, and it says it has it. So I will hit settings and see if it'll allow it. So perfect. Well, we can start chatting if you want it. Unless you yeah, want yeah, to yeah, yeah. Go wings. Go ahead and start chatting, and you can, and you can play with that. I'm just look at your audio levels. Okay. Okay. And actually, while while we're doing this, this gives me a chance to uh, put on the screen. What is what website would you like me to put on the screen for you? Here? Oh, uh, christyclover.com. So K R I S T I dot com. Okay, christyclover.com. There we go. Add that there, and I'll put that over there. Great. I'm clicking on all the buttons to see if it asks for settings or. <laughs> no worries. It happens. I've been hitting audio video settings. Yeah, like I said, Skype is just Skype and I, we don't like each other, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> At least we have sure some we audio. Got, are we on a. Let's see, we're on a. Yep. I'm on video, so we're good on for me. So let's see, calling out. Because I clicked on video, so it should be there. Huh. And I did. I even remember to switch my little toggle that blocks my camera. <laughs> huh. Strange. Well, yep. Just check the. Uh, so what? Well, we'll keep talking. You you can kind of play with that, and uh, well, meanwhile, I'll I'll take that big Skype thing off the screen here okay, okay. <laughs> so anyway well uh, and I'll actually what I'll do is I'll just I'll put you I'll put your website up while I'm talking to you and if you get the get it working that's great so oops 
ChristyClover.com. Boom. There you go. All right. Let's get that on the screen, and then we'll get talking about homeschooling. Awesome. Okay. There oh, we I'm go. so sad. The video is not working. Oh, well, no worries, guys. No worries. It happens. <laughs> uh, let's see. That's. I don't want that on the screen. There we go. Okay. Looking good. All right. Let's talk about homeschooling. Um, so we're just going to jump right in. I've been talking about uh, homeschooling with my audience for, for a while, and I'm a big proponent of homeschooling. And they've been asking, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a new dad, so I'm, I'm not actually homeschooling my kids yet. I will, but I, I'm not doing it yet. So they've been asking me, oh, get someone on who's actually doing it, you know. So here you are. <laughs> here I am. <laughs> so why don't we start with why? Um, you know, let's let's your reasons. Like, why did you decide? I, I just recently, uh, I think it was two days ago, I read a little blurb from your website on during my show, and was where you were talking about taking kind of a leap of faith. I think you called it a step of faith, and yeah. uh, how you were kind of worried about it, you know, before. And so, obviously, you had it in your mind, like you wanted to homeschool, and you finally did it. So, like, what were the reasons? Why? Oh my goodness, we have like a million and one reasons. So I'll boil it down to some of our top ones. <laughs> okay. My easy answer whenever people ask, because, you know, I'll get stopped in the grocery store. Why are you not, you know, why are your children not in school? So my easy answer is that we were looking to give our kids a cr- private Christian education at a fraction of the cost. So that is really the big or high arching reason is that we really wanted to infuse our Christian faith into what they were learning. And so we really, like both my husband and I feel very just I don't know, convicted that we want to be the primary disciples in our kids' lives. And so doing homeschooling allows us to do that. We're kind of following that, you know, Deuteronomy 6 model of, you know, when you walk, when you sit down, I'm, we're teaching them about the Lord. And so that's our primary reason. But the other big thing that we want is we just wanted more family unity. We've just found that, I mean, we did start in a private Christian preschool, and then we went into public school, and then we did pull them out to homeschool. And we just wanted that family time back. And we also wanted our kids to be able to, you know, to thrive and to work where they could best work. So we are able to tailor their education to their education educational needs. And what's fun is now that we have two kids in high school, we're starting to see some of their passions and strengths come out. So we're able to completely adjust their homeschool curriculum around what they excel at. Mm, Interesting, interesting. So customization. um, Yes, your uh, obviously religion was number one. um, But you know, like, you know, like you said, you had the choice. There are certainly Christian private schools, although expensive. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have five kids. <laughs> <laughs> and you have five children. Right. Yeah. So, okay, great, 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 great. And um, so you decided. I mean, I guess you obviously, uh, you know, from that article I read, that, you know, you had some fears. So what were the fears you had before you, because, you know, you obviously had some, a little bit of a conflict where you're trying to get yourself to do it. And you weren't sure. So what, what did you worry about when you first started or just before you did? When we first started, I like to explain it like that article you read. It's kind of like my Indiana Jones moment where, you know, he had to take that step of faith, what looked like he was going to walk off a cliff um, to step out and see, oh, look, there is solid ground here because everybody else's kids are going to school and suddenly my kids are still home with me. So for us, I I would say the biggest fear was that I was going to ruin my kids or they were going to fall behind or something, you know, I wouldn't be able to handle it or just all those little things. And those are the common questions I get all the time from people is, you know, 
what if, you know, your kids fall behind? What if X, Y, Z? I mean, it's you can yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fill in the blank in so many ways. Oh, yes. uh, so for us, that was really the big thing is I was just afraid of like, can I do this? And once you start doing it, you're like, uh, yeah, I can definitely do this. And not a lot of people pull their kids out of school in high, you know, to start with high school. Most people are starting with elementary. And so it's even easier if you're starting with that, because really what we forget is like when they're at home with us and they're starting kindergarten or first grade, I mean, it's alphabet. You can teach your kid the alphabet. You probably have already been teaching your kids, you know, basic math and basic, you know, reading and phonics. Oh, wait. So when you started this, actually, that's a, I, I didn't even think to ask this. I kind of assumed that you did this with your oldest when they were young. But how, how old were they when you, your children, when they, were, were some of them already uh, quite a bit older outside of elementary school? When you started? No. So when we started, we did start. So when we started, we had, uh, when I pulled them out of public school, we pulled them out at first grade and kindergarten, and then we had a toddler at home. Okay. And so we, we've since grown our family. But yeah, so we started early. Um, mm. So that made it a lot easier. Yes. My oldest, actually, we've kept him at grade level. Like, so he's still like right now, even though he's 17, he is a junior. But right now he's doing college classes at the local junior college near us. So there's just those different elements that is just, you know, we, we just give them work that challenges them or we slow down if we need to. So I've had to do both sides of that. So although I started with a first grader, he really was working. They were getting ready to put him in third grade math, um, but that wasn't we didn't necessarily want him going to a class full of third graders when he was just first grade. So, right. um, there, you know, so many different things <laughs> now. Um you know, in terms of benefits, so I, you know, I, I kind of see, and it's really related to what you're just the two reasons you gave. Um, so the, on, on one hand, you know, you you have the what I would say the benefits of of a use, as you describe religious or moral or character. You know, you could use all these different words, uh, which is pretty much completely absent <laughs> in uh, yeah. certainly in public schools. And uh, and then there's the academic side, which uh, you've also. Have briefly showed how you know your your yes. kids are doing well, and homeschool kids in general tend to do very well academically. Because why don't we talk about the first one? Um, just in terms of you know religion. I mean, like you, you can't give. They're not going to get. Uh, not only will they not get a Christian education in public school, but as one of my uh, uh, audience members mentioned a couple days ago, in some places you know they'll get in trouble. Like if they start praying in school, they will get criticized or punished even. Oh, yeah. No, we've heard stories about that because we still have a lot of friends who have their kids in public school and and some are more lenient than others. It Mm. really depends on the school. I mean, there's I mean, homeschooling is legal in all 50 states. And yet there are still all those stories of a neighbor thinks it's weird. And so she calls, you know, CPS or so it's just you know you always have those crazy stories that you hear about but it depends on your school district your neighbors I mean all that kind of stuff that kind of comes into play but it is legal everywhere and so you can do it but yeah as far as your faith it's definitely a hostile environment in a lot of cases and that's not even a school to school thing that's a teacher to teacher thing because I I mean I remember when I was in school and I remember having to stand up for my faith even I mean in high school um, and then again in college but I mean I had to defend my faith even as a, a young 
person. So it was it was great training, I guess. But um, but yeah. So my I mean my my oldest is now in you know taking some college classes, and I've been laughing because he just started this week, and he's reading us the he's taking American history, which we thought oh American history mm-hmm. what could possibly <laughs> go wrong well, in American history a lot and oh. <laughs> My goodness, I'm like, I never imagined this was going to be an anti-American history. I mean, it is every article he's having to read is anti-American and it's it's blowing my mind. Um, and so it just gives us a taste of what's out there and what other kids are getting in, in other you know schools and universities, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, we just finished reading Brave New World. I don't know if you've read it, but... Uh... Oh, no. Oh. I'm writing it down. <laughs> I'll read it because uh, it's not a happy book. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but it pretty much describes our world. It was written about 80 years ago and pretty much predicting what we... We're living in it now. And much of what you're describing uh, is... Uh, yeah, it's a dystopian book. But anyway, uh, mm. yeah. Um, okay, so those are uh, good good benefits of, uh, of, of, you know, why. And then, of course, on the academic side, I think we should just discuss really quickly that just yeah. the fact that uh, in general, of course, you know, there are always exceptions and, and variations, but in general, um, homeschool kids do better academically. And could you talk about your experience with on the academic side with your own children? Yeah, well, academically, I mean, everyone's, you know, fast, slow and different things. So what I loved was that when we pulled our kids out of school, I was able to really tailor things to my oldest, he was ready to take on more. So I gave him more. And then with my second, what I found even with some of the other kids is that sometimes there's there's spots like either with math or with phonics, where it's just like they are not getting it. And so the beauty of homeschooling is that, well, then we try something different. And we really keeps, you know, going and, and trying different things with math. I actually, when I speak at homeschool conventions, I try to tell people all the time that when your kids are, you know, seeming frustrated with school or frustrated with, you know, be it math or whatever subject they're struggling in, sometimes it's because they're stuck. And so you need to stop what you're doing and then go back to the facts. And so what I found so far with, um, three of my five kids is that there comes a point where I have to stop what they're doing in math and we just review. We spend an entire month just reviewing times tables, you know, uh, addition, subtraction, and really honing in on that. And what's amazing is that as soon as you start back up with your curriculum again, they fly through it. So there's this there's this little moment with, with reading and with math skills I find that, at least again, in my experience, that there's this light bulb that goes on and sometimes it just takes a little bit for that light bulb to click Mm. and so they always get it and once they get it they fly through it I mean I actually have a friend she's graduated I think six of her kids now she only has one more that she's homeschooling so she is a mom of seven and she had a child she won't tell us who (laughs) but one of her older kids didn't read until he was 11 or 12 wow and and all of her older kids, she said that, and all of her older kids, ha, you know, have college degrees, did great in college, and have exceptional jobs and are thriving and have families. But it's just interesting how when you homeschool, you can really tailor what they need. So in that moment, they needed change. They needed something, you know, sometimes they needed time. But I think to the social standpoint of that, like if you're not reading and you're 10 or 11, you're going to have some bullying, you're going to have some, oh, yeah. you know, stigmatism kind of, you know, stigmas, you know, set on you. And so it's, that's where it's, it's really amazing when you can 
tailor things. Now, on the flip side, my oldest son has already written two books, and so he loves writing. He loves reading. So for him, I just let him go for it with reading. I've stopped even trying to make book lists. I just tell him to write down what he's reading. His goal is to finish all the classics by the time he's done with call. I mean, with high school, and I think he's rereading a few. (laughs) So he just thrives with that. And then my um, other high schooler. Blake, he is a phenomenal um, photographer. And so we're able to make sure that our family vacations are, you know, we went to the Grand Canyon and he just ate it up. And, you know, we would sit at a moment until he could get the perfect, you know, the perfect spot where the sun was coming down. And uh, one of my friends uh, is a former photographer. Uh, Now she's a homeschool mom. And so she taught a photography class in our co-op. So it's been really neat to see how when your kids are showing strengths that you can really tailor what they're learning and that's ultimately the goal is yes. that you're trying to figure out what their strengths are and yes I still make them do all the other things as well but my real focus is on what can they hone in on and really become an expert at yes indeed yes indeed and um, by the way, I just realized that you're probably seeing me in this camera and I'm looking at another camera so oh I can't actually <laughs> I can't. okay, if, okay <laughs> no it's fine. a black screen for me oh, so I'm well, sorry I'm smiling that's good okay. so, no worries that's, well, no it's fine then good you're smiling <laughs> Well, you know, you know, you mentioned that too. That's that's a really good point about the pressure because, um, you know, there's just this, you know, it's a factory. You know, that's what public schools are. They're factories, basically. And mm. and, and everybody, you know, the kids are in like little batches and everybody's expected to go exactly the same. Like everyone, everyone learns the same thing at the same time at the same pace. And this is the expectation. And if they, if your child goes too fast, well, guess what? Then they're going to be bored out of their mind because they're faster than everybody else. And then if, if on the other hand they're not getting something um then they're gonna be you know oh they're behind they're and they get labeled like very quickly so like you said like they've got that example of that child that didn't read till 11 that you know they in a school they oh my god they have a learning disability and uh, all this stuff (laughs) but um but the, the truth is they you know they can still they can pick it up they can pick up learning in a year you know especially that age um, oh yeah and then just zoom and then just fly ahead and then they've caught up to everybody in a few years uh, you know oh, uh, yeah. age, age wise so it's just such a great thing like you said that that you can um tailor to their strengths and then on the weak points that they may have or the or they're just going slower they get extra time where they need it as well and oh yeah I think that's fantastic I mean, we have five kids in our family and not one of them is the same. Like they are all at different, you know, it, looking at like at first grade, they are all at different stages at first grade, at third grade, you know, they just were all over the map. So it is, it's nice that I can, I can, like we've been talking about it, we can tailor that because it is a factory and it's hard to believe that even in, you know, you have like 30 kids per class sometimes yeah, or, yeah, more. or more. Yeah. And yeah. And what was interesting is that, um, as I'd mentioned, our oldest was, you know, at his math and reading were kind of off the the charts when when we I mean because that's just where he was I mean the, he's that typical first child <laughs> so often the first children are like the overachievers and so he, he those were some of his strengths but what I found when we brought him home is that he had a hard time focusing in on the harder more challenging work because he was used to being bored he was yeah, used to not having yes, to do yes. work and so it took a couple years for him to kind of get the diligent now he's super diligent and he will press on and get things done without me even having to ask him and 
but he's self-motivated in that way. But when we first brought him home from public school, he wasn't, he was, it was really interesting to me because I was like, mm-hmm. wow, you'd think that he'd be like, yay, look, challenging work. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> he's like, do I have to? I'm like, yeah. He's like, but I wasn't doing it before. I'm like, I know. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I can relate to that one. <laughs> right. Because yeah. they get used to just, you know, sitting back and being the smartest kid in the class and not having to work hard. And then suddenly they're at home and it's like, oh, so this is easy. Great. Well, on to the next thing then. And let's push you a little bit. And but those are great skills for life, obviously, because uh, after, you know, once after in the real world, after graduation, then you've got to do these things all for yourself. And it's one of the tragedies, I think, of public schooling is that so many people come out so many young people come out and they don't have those skills of right. self-motivation, self-discipline, uh, figuring out problems, uh, you know, all these things. Um, okay, let's get, to, let's get into a little more of the, of the how now because yeah. I, I already know that we'll go to the audience questions because I'll go to it soon because I know they're going to have a lot of them. But, um, but I already know, you know, people have the question, well, how would I do this? And so I think you're a good one to ask because you've got five kids. So a lot of people think, oh, maybe they only have two kids and, oh, it's so scary. And how would I do it? And, uh, you know, and I know there's every family's different and some are super, 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 super organized with detailed, curric- you know, the detailed curriculum and everything. And others are really, really loose. Uh, so, you know, how, what's your approach to organizing your homeschooling and you know kind of your overall structure and philosophy how do you how do you do it how do I do it? I love that question. And I love that you mentioned the organization side of things because that's what, when I first started, I'm like, okay, how do I do this? I need this to be organized so that I can figure out, you know, who needs what and when. And, you know, one of my fears, as I'd mentioned, was that my kids would fall behind. So I'm like, okay, so how do I make sure that I'm doing what I need to do? You know, so I was looking at, so the first thing I, I tell people when they're looking to start homeschooling is you have to know what the laws are of your state. Every state is different. So yeah. you do have to homeschool according to, you know, the the legal side of things. So you need to know what your state regulations are. California, believe it or not, is a pretty easy homeschooling state right now. (laughs) Mm. They're always threatening new things, but right now Mm. it's pretty easy. Um, So I am able to have a lot of grace as far as what I teach and how I teach it in the curriculum I want to teach. But um, when it comes to organizing, I, when I first started, I typed into Google, homeschool organization and all I got were pictures of people's pretty homeschool rooms and that really didn't help me I needed to know how to do the nitty-gritty so I started working on a lot of different systems we tried a bunch of different things through our first couple of years and then I started kind of getting into a rhythm and it was interesting because uh, about four years ago I think when or three or four years ago when live streaming first became a thing and I was on Periscope and I mentioned something about oh I have a crate system and a binder system and people are like what what is that? And so I did a YouTube video on it, which pretty much went viral. And then from there, I designed a homeschool organization course. And the whole purpose behind that is to help people to know exactly how to put the the nitty gritty together. Like I, I, I would love for your homeschool room to be nice and organized and neat. But really, it, that is not my concern. My concern is that you know where your homeschool material is on a Monday, and you're not wasting time running around like so many of us did is, you know, okay, 
so it's now what do I do this week? What am I doing today? What what papers do I need? And so I help families really get all of the plan out what they need, figure out what subjects they want to teach, what curriculum they're going to use for those subjects. Maybe some curriculum has a overlap. A lot of curriculum has overlap. And that's what we, we tend to do is because we fear we're going to fall behind or that, you know, we have to live up to someone's expectations, we tend to take on too much and then we're burning out our kids. Yeah. So I try to really encourage families to look carefully. So are you writing reports for history? Well, then you probably don't need a writing curriculum. Or are you covering history in your writing curriculum? Then, you know, so there's there's so much crossover. So that's really where we start. We start with what subjects do you need to teach? What mm. subjects do you want to teach? And then what curriculum are you going to use? Where's the overlap? And then you just start plotting it out and um, figure out how many weeks you need. Some states require 180 days. Um, oh. California does not have that restriction or, or that, you know, that guideline. So I, I teach around 100 and probably between 160, 175 days. It just depends really on the kid. <laughs> yeah, right. And I've noticed on your website, so you've got this ultimate homeschool organization course, DVD yes. and consultation. So you people, and see, this is the thing when people are afraid that they're, 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 they're really nervous about it. And I don't know. So they, they could just, you know, get online, get this from you. And then you'll They've got a course and a consultation so they can actually talk to you. And so they, that's what people don't understand. They don't have to just, there's so much now, you know, oh, available yeah. that, that people there's don't need to be afraid, right? Right. Oh, my goodness. Like, if you walk into an exhibit hall at a homeschool convention, you'd be like, what? I mean, there, there is almost too much information. So it's kind of almost, the, we've swung the pendulum to the other side. Like, you know, what do I do? I'm homeschooling. I have to create everything from scratch. No. Like, now it's the other thing where it's just like, you want to do math? All right. There's 20 exceptional math programs that you could use. Right. And you want to do writing? Oh, my goodness. Let me show you all that you can do. And granted, you can do a lot of this on your own, too. So you can create your own writing, you know, like just have them write a report on a book that they're reading. Or, you know, there's so many different things. Give them a creative um, writing prompt to have them write about. So there, there's so many ways to do it. And so people really need to figure out what what do they like to teach how do they like to teach it? What's their style? And then how do their kids learn best? And so when you start taking a look at those little tiny details, it really helps. And, you know, it's a good point, too. Like, what do you want to teach? So let's say, okay, math scares lots of people. Okay, like, I'm terrible at math. How am I going to teach my child? And, you know, the first thing people imagine, they jump to high school and my, my child's got to <laughs> learn pre-calculus or calculus. And, oh, my gosh, what will I do? So, you know, what's the answer to that? If, if um, you know, we can't know everything and as our, our children get older and they start to surpass us, so... Oh, yeah, that has happened in my home. <laughs> that has definitely happened in my home. And you know what? The thing is, is that there's great curriculum out there that has, you know, DVDs. So maybe if it's a subject you're not strong on, you want to find a curriculum that has the learning as, you know, like the teaching as part of the curriculum. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that, you know what? You probably have friends out there who are skilled at different things. You, you're you not strong on math, but your kid's surpassing you in math. You probably know an engineer. So have your kid take that engineer to lunch or, you know, have them over for dinner some night. You know, if you are struggling in science, most likely you know someone who has a strong science background. Um, so it's it's really figuring out. I, I think that's the, I, I'll 
restate this, like where what I've learned with homeschooling is you become more intentional about educational opportunities. So that is the beauty of it. And so if we are studying a certain period, we might go somewhere and learn about it. So we went to Washington, D.C. And I'm like, hey, look, that's American history rolled up into one trip. Um, But there's so much out there for you to use as a resource. And, you know, I always encourage people, get yourselves to a homeschool convention as well, because that is where you're going to have workshops that will help Ah, you in those specific areas. Good point. I didn't think about that. So homeschool conventions, and they're obviously all over the all over the United States. I'm guessing they're in other countries as well. Uh, yes. Ah, fantastic. And then you're going to meet, so at these homeschool conventions, you're going to, people are obviously speaking on the topic of homeschool and then you've got mm-hmm. companies there selling all their different, you know, curriculum and books and all these things, right? Curricula, I guess it is, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> I always write curriculum, but then it'll come up like curriculum. Like, ah, <laughs> trying to figure out where to choose which one. <laughs> okay, let's see. Why don't we just go on into the, uh, the let me, let me scan the, comments i'm getting live stream comments now and questions so um i know that they'll have a lot of good ones here so okay here we go i'm gonna jump in all right from bakir says does it um oh do do you need a lot of equipment for homeschooling so that's a good question you know like yeah simply can you do it and i guess the other extreme too you can honestly go as simple as you want i mean i recommend having paper pens you know you need some books but hey you can get those from the library uh you need i recommend a map um so there's some basics like that if you really really want to homeschool you know on a budget you can get very simple on how you handle things uh i also recommend a whiteboard of some sort because that just especially with little kids it helps them to visually see things and then they can also not get the fatigue of the pen and paper because oftentimes they get tired of having to write things on paper um but i mean hey you can you can, if you have a budget, you can go crazy. I had a friend who pulled her kids out of private school and I just laughed because I was like, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine what your budget would be like for homeschooling. <laughs> so you can get the fancy schmancy curriculum and all the fancy schmancy, you know, stuff that you want. But really, you don't need a lot to homeschool. You need to find books. But again, if you have a library card, check. Um, you might need to kind of be flexible about when those books come in. And so you might not be able to stick to a set schedule, but um, there's so much online that you can look up. So you could even do unit studies, which a unit study is taking a particular theme, either in history or an interest. So if a kid is interested in cars or say they're interested in gardening or all different things. So you do a study of botany or you do a study on, you know, automotive history. And so you kind of base your subjects around a theme. Um, And those are really fun to do. We've done a few of those. And most of ours have been history themed um, so we did knights and castles because I had all boys for a long time and we <laughs> did ancient Egypt and we you know tried to mummify a chicken which didn't go well and we just ah! ended up taking toilet paper and nice. mummifying ourselves <laughs> <laughs> oh fantastic all right let's see oh and Max thank you for the super chat very nice Max in Italy thank you uh, all right let's see let's go let's see greetings okay Ah, well, here's a good question from Lisa. Okay, Uh, what does an average day look like for you, homeschooling day? 
Oh, that's a great question. An average when? I'm like, is there such a thing as an average day? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, we pretty much start our, and it, you know, it honestly changes with seasons. Right now, having teenagers down to a kindergartner, I mean, I have a junior in high school and a someone this wow, year, and yeah, then so the my youngest thing. is starting kindergarten. So I've got it all right now. So really, my older two are more self-directed at this point. I help them where they need it, but they really don't need a lot. So I, I prep every Thing during the summer for them. I create outlines for them of anything that they need to get done and they kind of stick to it. And so with the younger kids, our typical day is that we get up, um, you know, we have breakfast. We start our homeschool day around nine. So we do chores and probably some Bible time in the morning. And then at nine o'clock, we all kind of stop whatever we're doing and we meet up in the schoolroom. And so we usually start with, uh, if we haven't already done Bible, we'll start with Bible and prayer and then we'll move on to whatever subjects we're going to do together. So if it's a read aloud book, um, if there's anything that we're going to do together, that's what we do at that time. Mm -hmm. And then usually I have them, I, I split all of their work into work. I know they can get done independently and then work. I know that they need my help with. And so ah. what I do at that stage after we've done our together work is I have everybody do their independent work and then I'll work with one of the kids one-on-one and then um, I'll have him start doing independent work and I'll work with the next kiddo on one-on-one work and kind of make my way through everybody. So it's just, you know, being flexible, it's looked different every year. And um, we, you know, what I have learned, here's my, my funny tip. Uh, since we start at nine o'clock, usually my kids are like, oh, it's 10, 15. It's, it's time to get a snack. <laughs> and I'm like, how about we just like bring snacks? So I usually try to like go grab a snack, something easy like apples or, um, you know, yogurt or something really quick and easy they can eat at you know wherever we're homeschooling, hmm. um, whether it's a desk or downstairs. And so they're eating right there at their table or at the table hmm. and uh, not having to go downstairs and they get distracted. Yeah, then it's, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then honestly, with the younger kids, we're usually done by by uh, lunchtime. So whether lunch, sometimes lunchtime can start around 1130 and sometimes it starts at one. It kind of depends on the diligence factor of the day. So how distracted they were and how we were able to focus and what we had to get done that day. So that's kind of our I don't know if that really answered the question, no, but that's, that's, that's great. What our so that's what, like. two, three hours a day of focus. Yeah. Work. Yeah, I know, that's and so, so great. Oh, that's so it's fantastic. amazing. And I mean, as they get older, it takes longer. So my older sure. two, they're definitely going longer. And and my fifth grader, I think he's in for a little surprise this year because he's probably going to have a few things to finish up after lunch. But mm. it shouldn't be too bad. But it's amazing when you have you know focused time and one on one time, how much you can get done. Um, yes. it, it just blows your mind. I mean, just. Time wise, I mean, my kids, if you ask them why they like homeschooling or, you know, do they like homeschooling? They always say my older ones, because at conventions, that's usually the question they get asked the most. And they're like, we love the time um, because yeah. they don't have they, they always, they're like, we love that we don't have homework. And I'm like, well, really, everything you do is homework. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But they that's don't. Right. They don't have that extra homework. Right. And seeing all of their friends now is just crazy with high school, just how little time they have. Well, yeah, not only homework, but yeah, they're in school, what, six plus hours yeah. a day. And then yeah. they load them up with all these other extra hours, you know, of, of homework. And you're getting the same, you're getting better results in two hours, three hours a day. It's just... That's amazing. <laughs> it is. It really is. All right. Here we go. 
Okay, this is the one that everybody asks, so I'm just going to ask it again. I'm sure you've heard it 10,000 times, so here's 10,001. How do they get social skills? Yes, I wrote it down because I'm like, someone's going to ask it. Of course, I get it all the time, too. Socialization. Yeah, because they're all like, you know, isolated freaks now, right? Right. And actually, I mean, I will be honest, when I was in school, when you met homeschool kids, you're like, hmm. But now there's so much out there. You almost have to be careful as a homeschool family to not over socialize your kids. That sounds funny. Hmm. But I've seen homeschool families that were like, because you start when you worry and you hyper focus on something like socialization, you're like, OK, well, then we have to have them in 10 different activities to make sure right. they're around other people. And, you know, I figure if you can get along with your siblings, then God bless you you have you know accomplished a lot in life exactly (laughs) i mean they've got four other children plus of course their parents i mean (laughs) don't count too yeah but we are involved in church our kids have been involved in sports we have a homeschool co-op which we don't do every year um, but we try to be really mindful to make sure we're connecting with other families we love opening our homes we tend to host a lot of church events Um, so we do a lot of that and what's interesting is if you really think about it okay so it comes down to are we properly socializing our kids in public school because yes when my kids were in that classroom there were probably three kids out of the class of you know 25 30 kids that i would feel comfortable for them going and having a play date with or having those children over to my home the other ones i'm like "Mm -mm, no like we're not going to do this like (laughs) that is not a safe situation so you kind of have to think through like what is what is the environment that you really want your kids exposed to and so that's what's beautiful yeah it's 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 amazing because you can really i mean my kids have great social skills i mean and yeah i'm very extroverted my oldest is not so Hmm. it takes a while for people to be able to draw him out but you know that that's him and that has nothing to do with homeschooling he does great um outside and you know he 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 loves doing different things with families and you know that we meet and and things but yeah socialization is always the big question and you are going to meet those homeschool families that have awkward children but you're also going to meet awkward public school kids so it's you know it's just sometimes it's just the way kids are but it is good to be mindful of making sure that you have your kids involved in different activities um, around other people you don't you do really don't want to like take them out and just have it be just just you and them that's it (laughs) no other right 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 but like yeah, you but said, no, there's so many things question. you can do in the community. I, I think it's, it's oh. become narrowed down where people just yes. can't imagine. Like you said, I mean, you know, church and sports and uh, there's just a thousand yeah. and one other activities. And, and I mean, it, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, again, I mean, we, you get that one all the time, I, too, though, right? So- Oh my goodness. Oh, totally. We get it all the time. I always giggle about that one because that's what that's usually the number one. Let's number one or number two. People are always like, that would drive me crazy. My kids would kill me. I'd kill them. We'd all kill each other. I'm like, wow, that's not a healthy environment. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I mean, homeschooling does make you get on top of parenting issues. Um, So I mean, you're playing, you're wearing both hats. You don't just put on a teacher hat and you're done parenting like you you've got that. But I when my kids are in public school, they were coming home and I was having to undo some of the stuff that they were getting exposed to in those settings, too. Absolutely. Yes. It's all good. (laughs) I knew you were going to ask that one. I was going to be shocked. No one asked that one. (laughs) All right. Let's see. Okay, well, here's the here's the obvious one, but Ripsume says, how do you find the time for teaching five children at the same time every day? So I guess, you know, 
again, you know, I think people have, especially, so let's say you've got five children or someone has, or you said you, have, you know someone has seven children. So they kind of picture, um, I don't know, like that movie Kindergarten Cop, right? That, that they're just all going crazy <laughs> and like, how do you yeah. do it? Um, so, you know, so yeah, how do you, how do you avoid that? Okay, so how do I avoid the craziness? Well, sometimes they're, they're, I will admit there's just craziness sometimes. And sometimes we it's like, whoa, you got to slow down and get everybody focused again. But in this season of our homeschooling, um, I and my answer is probably the same for whatever season, but it, it is different because I do have high schoolers now. It's probably more difficult when I was juggling babies and junior high and upper you know, elementary. Uh-huh. Um, that was a lot more of a juggling act because there were so many demands on me as a, you know, with a mom with a baby or a toddler. Yeah. Um, but truly, the, the key is organization. And that is why I'm so passionate about it. I mean, I'm actually able to have, you know, a life outside of homeschooling because I'm organized. So I spend mm-hmm. the summer planning out everything we're going to get done. And then I literally, I put, I have a crate system. That's what it's called the Clover Crate System. So the Clover Crate System is that you are literally taking all of your curriculum for the entire year and you're creating it. So my kids know exactly what they're going to do each and every week. So they can actually get done with work if I am sidetracked. So if I'm helping mm-hmm. one child with something else or if, say I'm sick or, you know, whatever it is, they can continue on with their homeschooling. Of course, with the younger kids, there's a lot of stuff you need to help them with, but I'm not having to help everybody at the same time. Sometimes it, it does feel like that. And I have three kids that need help and maybe an older child that, you know, is asking a question about something. So you're going to have moments like that. And that's just when it's just like you triage. Okay. I'm going to work with you and I'm going to work with you and I'm going to work with you and we're going to have to be patient. But I have tried through the years and it's changed since I've had high schoolers. What we have tried to keep everybody doing the same or similar uh, science and history. So those are two major pieces of curriculum that we try to do together. So we're all learning one thing just at different levels. And so that that has helped. Yeah, so that's helped a lot. And I think you'll find that with most large families that they do a lot more of their work together. So um, whether it's a unit study or, um, yeah, you're just doing, you know, science or is some people will do English together. I find that a little bit more difficult because your younger kids, I mean, that's more of a it's a progressional math and, and English or progressional type of mm. um subjects that need to be you know you need a foundation of one thing to move on to the next but there are some overlapping things so i mean if you're if we're baking i'm going to talk math while we're baking and my older kids will be like yep i know fractions so maybe i am asking them okay i need a third cup of this and excuse me i need a third cup of this and hey what if i wanted to add an eighth what is that um you know so i could do something like that and have them do a little math but my little kids i'm going to be you know looking at the quarter cup and talking about how like you know four quarters is one whole and so maybe we're slicing an apple you know so you can do things like that but yeah you just you really find that you're just intentional about educational opportunities mm-hmm. uh motion's asking did you have any teaching background before you started homeschooling not entirely. So I did not. I, I was a sports med major. I so, you know, I have a bachelor's of science in sports medicine. I did pharmaceutical sales. I mean, so I was training 
<laughs> some of my sales team on, you know, the the anatomy stuff, but I'm not teaching anatomy all day um, here in our homeschool. I am this year at co-op. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all have different skills and everything, but no, I don't have any kind of a teaching credential or anything. It's not required in California. Um, so, I mean, Everybody teaches at some level. You've probably, you know, helped someone with something and that's teaching. And so uh, that's that's my background is that, you know, I have helped people with things. And yes, there have been elements like I've helped in Sunday school. I've volunteered here or there, you know. So, yeah, I've, I've done teaching. So I do have teaching experience before homeschooling, um, but nothing, <laughs> nothing traditional. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's probably just, an advantage, I would say. <laughs> it, it actually does help because really what all of my friends who homeschool and have teaching, you know, backgrounds and are, were formerly um, either private or public school teachers, all of them have the hardest time because they learned so much about classroom management. And granted, maybe that helps you <laughs> in a large family, yeah. but um, not so much in a homeschool setting. I mean, when I first started, I thought, oh, I need to have a bulletin board because that's what they do in school, right? I don't know what I'm doing. So, you know, they're... There's little things that, yeah, I don't have to do that. Yes, I decorate because it's fun, but not not like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a, well, this is not a homeschool related question, but uh, Ong asks, your pronunciation is so clear. So, my audience are English learners. <laughs> so, Ooh, uh, and so they're saying, are you also from the South in the USA? Because I'm from the South. I'm guessing you're not oh, from the South, but go ahead. Well. Here, I'm going to be controversial within uh, for Americans, and that is that I am from the South because I'm in San Diego. So San Diego, oh, San California. Diego. That's not the South. South. I am in South California. <laughs> but no, I'm not Southern. California. <laughs> Even though if I hang out with Southern friends for too long, I start picking up on their drawl. And so I'll start using a little Southern accent. My kids tease me all the time because I love playing with accents and I don't know any accent really well so I kind of go from being like if I'm reading a story I'll start the story maybe sounding Russian and then I go to English and then suddenly I'm Southern so <laughs> you know it's all over the map <laughs> but got for, for all of you guys listening the California accent is is uh, very uh, it's kind of standard right California yeah, well, uh, Midwest that's why yeah I mean everybody out here films movies and that's what people watch and so I have I guess the traditional American accent I don't know what you would even call it yeah so. <laughs> yeah i would just call it, yeah standard kind of me too standard that's right I'm, I'm from the south but i don't have obviously i don't have the accent yeah when you said that i was like whoa i don't hear it <laughs> and Actually, I yeah, this, is a, this is a sad school story because i uh i had a really strong southern accent as a kid and then my family they moved to new jersey for two years and i got bullied so much about my accent that i lost it uh, oh. <laughs> and then we moved back south and i never picked it up again Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Bad so. clip. I'd go right back. I laughed because I lived in Australia for a year when I was in college. And I came back and all of my friends were like, oh, my goodness, I can hear your accent. I'm like, no, no, I do not. <laughs> I don't know what they were hearing. Maybe I pronounced a few words differently, but uh, I don't know. I didn't think it, it changed anything. But I'm surprised you haven't gone back to any kind of a southern accent. I just, you know, I don't know. It just didn't. My parents are from the Midwest, so they didn't, they didn't have accents. So... I don't know. I just never picked it up again. By the time we when we went back, that was middle school. We went back in high school, and I don't know. Just kind of, I had got the neutral accent at that point. Yeah. Okay. So uh, next question: What age should you start teaching your children homeschooling? Like, when do you start doing it? I mean, I, is there a point where you actually are sitting down, not just you know reading to them and kind of the typical stuff you do with little guys, but uh, where you're kind of like, okay, we're actually, you know, we have a little bit of a curriculum now. 
Yes. Okay. So that's a great question. Number one, you do need to know what your state laws are because some states require different things. In California, we have to legally start some sort of a traditional school or you start educating our kids according to California law um, at the age of six on September 1st, uh, sorry, September 1st whatever school year is it, if they are six on September 1st, then they have to, you have to fill an affidavit. So every state is Mm. different. But here's the thing. I think too many people try to start their kids way too early with anything. And even at six, I don't recommend buying a ton of curriculum. Um, You can keep it so easy. In fact, I actually call it sneaky school. So when my kids are in our preschool age or um, even you know, kindergarten and first grade, I'm doing a lot of sneaky school, which is keeping it fun and not really letting them realize that we're doing something somewhat uh, educational. Yeah. Um, so like I had mentioned with baking, oh yeah, they are getting math skills when they're baking. You know, what are we reading a book? Well, I'm going to stop and slow down when we're reading a book together and I'm going to sound out some of the simpler words. So obviously cat and, you know, things like that. And then I'm going to point out, you know, like, do you see that word right there? That word is the. And do you notice how often the is used? So let's try to see how many times we can count the in this on this page Uh, and so picking up on little things like that um so i call it sneaky school there's all kinds of fun things you can get for your kids that are not your traditional like workbooks so um i really try to encourage people to hold off on workbooks as long as possible unless it's like a little workbook page that's fun and colorful and they enjoy then that's cool but you don't want to burn your kids out too early so I start getting serious about curriculum and making sure that we're really getting into a groove probably around um probably around third grade so whether that's eight or nine um for for your child that's when I'm really getting you know focused like okay we are going to write a paper Mm-hmm, and this is what it's going to look like. Um, but for my daughter, so th- she's going into second grade this year. And she was so cute. She's like, are we going to learn to write this year? And I'm like, we can learn whatever you want. But she loves drawing. And, uh, and this is going to sound fun, but she loves drawing books. So she will draw a series of pictures. And then what she does is she tells me the story and I write the narrative on oh, each page. So nice, we nice. staple it together and voila, she's written a book. And so she's excited about being able to put all of those and she'll do it herself but um you know she's still learning (laughs) sentence structure and how to spell properly and so she's she's not held back by a word she can't spell you know like a big long word she's going to write it down and it's going to be spelled the way it should be spelled but unfortunately the english language is pretty ridiculous and we have some strange spellings and some strange rules (laughs) so yes indeed we all know about that (laughs) <laughs> yes, I know. I'm like, I. so for anyone listening who is learning English, God bless you. We have a crazy language to learn. Oh, okay, here's another. Now, this is related to, the, to what we were talking about. So, um, uh, me, meaning we, me with my students, uh, at what age should we teach our children heavy things? And uh, and then he mentions two books, heavy books that we read, Brave New World and Animal Farm. Um, oh, yes. So, you know, you know, like, well, because like you said, I guess, and maybe the, um, the general version of this question would be, and this is maybe even beyond homeschooling, but okay, so, you know, you've created a Christian environment for your children, but 
Mm-hmm. When they become adults, they go out into what I, you know, what is Brave New World? What is animals? <laughs> yes, They're exactly. going out into the meat grinder of, and it is uh, quite the opposite of all of that. And so, how do you prepare them for that? At what age do you prepare them for that? To, to So they're not just thrown to the wolves, you know? Exactly. You know, I would have to say that's going to be something that each family is going to have to just decide on their own. Uh, For us, it's really a kid by kid thing. And we're probably really early on a lot of things. I mean, we don't hide them from the world. But at the same time, you know, that you can't get around it. So (laughs) you can't turn on the news and not hear about different things happening. You know, there's going to be shootings and, and all kinds of stuff that affects, you know, the community that we're in I mean, and and not just I, I pick shootings, but it could be anything, any tragedy, any, you know, maybe there's bullying that happened. Maybe there's, you know, suicide. I mean, we had a kid down the street who's, um, you know, who had someone at school who committed suicide. And so those are heavy things. And our kids, we definitely talk about it. So like we might not talk to our girls are only six and eight and they just turned six and eight. So yeah, we don't talk to them about it. But (laughs) you know, my 11 year old, yeah, we're going to talk about those things. And we do talk about things. So as we're reading books, um, we try to be careful about the content, uh, but we are always talking about things. And sometimes maybe you're picking one of those books like an animal farm or brave new world. World. Maybe you're picking that book to read aloud as a family, so you can pause. Don't read Brave New World to your family, by the way. That's a, that's, okay. That's adult one. Okay, I won't. Well, okay. Just warning I don't you. Know books, so I know. But, it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing is that you you have to be able to articulate to your children what's happening out there and why, you know, so for me as a Christian, uh, we want our kids to learn how to defend their faith. So we want them to know exactly what people, you know, when, what are the questions that people ask me as a Christian? Well, I want them to be able to know and understand their faith. And what's cool is that my older kids are, it's their own faith now. And it's really neat uh, to see how they've done that. And, and it's the same thing with really any content is that I want it to come from us and that, you know, we give, we want them to be well educated and be able to, you know, make decisions and have form new views of things. And I'm sure there's going to be political things that we differ on and, and things like that. But, you know, at the heart of it, like we, want our kids to understand what's happening in the world so honestly so we know how to pray for the world and so we can have compassion because i think that that's a big missing factor if you're just cutting yourself off from the world and going "Ooh, that's bad and scary it's not bad and scary it well granted some things are scary but you know i think our kids need to understand how to function in that and i don't want my kids to live in fear because something's unknown i want them to understand have compassion for the people affected and you know and know again know how to pray for those communities that are affected by things so when we have tsunamis and floods and all of that kind of stuff i want them to understand what's happening in the world so as far as educational stuff i mean i will start with we read the bible and the bible is pretty much as controversial as you can possibly possibly get That's if you plenty read, in there too right <laughs> folks we just read through um we read through the life of David. Um, so King David has, if you are unfamiliar with his story, oh my goodness, it is riddled with, you know, murder and adultery and all kinds of crazy stuff. That's and so it's like, yeah, so we, I mean, even has rape in there. And so we had to explain, even we did go ahead and explain that to our younger kids, not our five-year-old at the time. She didn't have a clue, but we've had the, you know, the sex talk with um, our uh 
other daughter, our now eight-year-old. So she understands, but she doesn't really understand. (laughs) So yeah, but it's gonna it's gonna be a family thing. So I probably that was a very long explanation to say. It's really up to you and your your child. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a good question. It's a good thing to think about as well. It's a great Uh, question. Okay, so uh, next question is these these questions are better than my questions. What about uh, (laughs) what about the uh, oh okay another this is a common I'm sure you get it. is uh, what about after you know what about work what about going to college oh they won't will they be accepted to college and uh, how will they get a job you know these kind of uh, issues I, what, what do you think you know in, what, how do you address those well, actually, it's so interesting because uh, that I mean, we're we're there. <laughs> We've got kids in school. My oldest is taking doing dual enrollment, so he's. Uh, we're hoping that he's going to be close to finishing his AA degree by the time he finishes high school. So that is one leg up. So I don't even really. If he's got an AA, he he doesn't necessarily even need a tr- high school transcript. Um, I mean, we'll have a right, very beautiful point. high school transcript. Um, but you really that's the thing that homeschooling forces you to do is you. you kind of think outside the box and so because we have more time my kids can go and intern doing things that can get them job experiences they can work jobs they can you know help out and volunteer different places Um, they can get so much more experience and as far as colleges colleges believe it or not traditionally really favor homeschool families they know that homeschool kids know how to learn and so a lot of times I have not heard very many I really have not heard any stories of any of my homeschool family friends and even in the homeschool community as a large of families who have you know not gotten in because they you know because their child was you know homeschooled most of the time we're, we're taking the same SAT same PSATs you know ACT whatever school or whatever tests that colleges require they're taking those same tests and oftentimes they're excelling I mean you have the what was really funny is my son did really well on the PSAT but his hardest thing was knowing how to fill out the information because we don't take bubble tests in our oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right you're like so, what is this thing it was like one of those things right before I was like oh we need to review this and explain to you like how to make sure you fill in the bubble <laughs> so, <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so um yeah for jobs again what's so awesome is that we're working side by side with them so I see the strengths of my kids so do I want them just to go I mean I don't think any parent wants their kid just to go out and get a job like just yes we want them to get a job and maybe there's times in their like in high school and college yes just get get a job get something make money but if you're looking at career like I can see where my kids are excelling and so we can help them to tailor maybe what their degree should be or what experience they need to help them in that career opportunity. So it's it's really fascinating when you when you are learning to think outside the box. I mean, we have completely changed the way we view uh, getting our kids, you know, educated at a college level. Because I mean, here right now, I think we're really I think we have a real problem in the in America with debt. I, I think that oh, a yeah. lot of what's happening in these colleges and universities is frightening because, you know, we're really just asking our kids to get a piece of paper at the cost of a hun- sometimes over a hundred thousand dollars of debt. These kids are graduating yeah, it's with. Insane. 
And so what does what are we really doing for our kids at that point? And when there's so many other ways to get a college degree other than just putting them in, a, you know, this school because this is the right school. And I mean, what I get a job and then your job experience. I mean, you can yeah. build a resume Online programs. So, um, yes. Uh, like you said, they can. There's so many things now that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just. Oh, yeah. It's a totally new. My husband works in the um, area of finance. So he works with a lot of financial planners and he we, he gets that question a lot. Um, and so that's one of the things that he talks about when he starts explaining to people some of the experiences we've seen other families go through. I mean, we know a family who at um, their daughter graduated with a bachelor's of arts uh, at 18. So she graduated from high school and college at the same time. And they spent a total. OK, everybody needs to sit down for this. But they spent a total of I think it was twelve thousand dollars. Amazing. Get a four-year degree. Uh, it's mind-blowing. So college degree at age 18 and high school yeah, degree. Yeah, college degree. Uh, right, and right. That's amazing. Yes, yes. So, yeah, it's mind-blowing. And what, what, you can, what you can do if you just are prepared to think outside the box. Wonderful. Okay, I know we got to go soon here, so I'll just a couple more yes. and then we'll, we'll be done. Okay, so Elena asks, uh, of course, this is a good question. What foreign language uh, do they learn? Or, or are they learning a foreign language? And if so, how, how are you doing that? Well, we live in San Diego, so <laughs> we are about five minutes from the border. So we uh, we do Spanish. So we have Rosetta Stone. Um, so like the kids will do a little bit of Rosetta Stone. I know really, uh, really rudimentary Spanish. Um, so sometimes I'll, I'll use different words for different things. We have people in our lives who speak Spanish. But my son, my oldest son, Grant, what what our game plan is, is instead of having to do a formal Spanish in our home and formal Spanish again in college, is he just took a Spanish class in college. Um, so it's it's a fabulous way to learn a foreign language and, and get college credit. So um, that's how we've been doing it. Uh, but we do have a lot of people around us. I mean, one of our friends at church, she's actually the high school Spanish teacher. So um, she's really funny because if you are in a conversation with her, she will slip in and out of English and Spanish <laughs> constantly. And so she's great to talk with because my kids will look at me and I'm like, this means that. And they're like, oh, okay. And then she'll like go through and she'll just explain it to them. So it's really cute. But And there's yeah, so many we- great resources online uh, oh, now with, yes. uh, yeah, yeah, Spanish. There's a ton of them for oh, Spanish. Also. Anybody can right. learn a foreign language. I mean, and oh, I have a friend whose daughter is learning sign language. Um, a lot of our friends, their kids do Latin. Um, so there's so many different things that you can use. I mean, really, it's the same as in public school. It's just that we have a different way that we can you know, introduce it. And there's curriculum for everything. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. There's so many things. Like you said, it's kind of it's kind of the the challenge is really like just sifting through all of it and figuring out like, OK, which one do I use? Because there's uh, yeah, so many so great. Yeah. Okay, we'll give you. We'll, okay, we'll do one last one. Okay. Let's do. Okay, so here's a nice one from Mai. Um, how can we create confidence in kids when they're homeschooling? Are they different from other kids uh, in the way our kids are? Let's see, this way, other kids in a way that make our kids. Okay, so I think basically it's kind of related to the the socialization thing, but but it's really more specific of and this is I would say this is goes beyond homeschooling, but just how do you create confident kids? Yeah, so that's a 
Fabulous question. Um, homeschool them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, no. right? Because, they, I mean, because they, they do learn so much more self-discipline. And yeah, uh, I, I don't find most public school kids to be confident at all. I mean, they may have a lot of uh, bad behavior and bravado and things, but but not real self-confidence. I, I think very much the opposite. Yeah, well, and I really think this is more of a parenting thing than a real school question because homeschool kids can be just as, you know, self-conscious about things because maybe they are hearing, you know, they're feeling that peer pressure from neighbors or people in their lives and like, oh, are you are you able to do that? Oh, you know, so maybe they are questioning themselves. So I think it's it's, as a parent, um, we're trying to build our kids up. And so we're trying to make sure we are speaking into their strengths and encouraging them um, where they're week and so it really comes down to building confidence to kids you can build confident kids homeschooling or not homeschooling um but it that is really a parenting thing and that is being intentional i there's such a huge element of intentionality when it comes to parenting and homeschooling and i think sometimes parents just get tired and they give up or they just feel like ah it's fine they'll raise themselves (laughs) but thing is i think a lot of people start thinking that and they forget how much our kids need to hear from us and they need to hear from us in a way that they understand it and there's a book out called the five love languages um by dr gary chapman and it's fabulous and if people are unfamiliar with it basically he says that there's five love languages and we tend to speak the one that we need to hear Mm. so they are physical touch words of affirmation uh quality time gifts and another one um acts of service (laughs) that's my husband's i should remember that um so when our kids are young we try to speak all of those love languages with them. We, we obviously do things with them. We, you know, as parents, we naturally give them gifts. And so we try to make sure we're spending quality time with them and we try to hug them and cuddle them. And, um, you know, we do back rubs in our family and then we're always trying to speak those words of encouragement and really build them up. So those are, those are definitely some good questions. In fact, I was going to mention earlier, one of the books that I have out is called Homeschool Basics. And I co-wrote it with uh, a, a fellow author, uh, Trisha Goyer. And between the two of us, we have about 35 years of homeschool experience. And uh, she, uh, we, I think we have a chapter all about, you know, building confidence and building confident kids. And so it's a great resource for families and to also have confidence as a parent. Um, I, I think that's a, a big thing is to have confidence in yourself. And you're going to see that in your kids, uh, you know, growing your kids as well. Christy, wonderful. Thank you so much. So it's christyclover.com. And like you said, you've got the book, Homeschool Basics. So someone just who's maybe in just the thinking about it stage. Uh, And then you've got the, uh, I'd say, you know, the actual consultation. Yeah. Where where it's uh, Ultimate Homeschool... Yeah, so that's a course. So yeah, it's an online course. So then go to that. And I do, um, I haven't been doing as many consultations lately because I'm in book launch mode for my new book that's coming out. But, All right, I see here. Uh, but yeah, so, but yeah, when people, I have done some homeschool consultations as well. So, but really people just need to also get to a homeschool convention. So um, I always recommend that. But yeah, Homeschool Basics and the Ultimate Homeschool Organization course. And if you want to get organized in your home, then I've got a new book for that too. So <laughs> And you've got a YouTube channel as well. Uh, I do check out their YouTube channel and your new book is I like it Master Organizer of Mayhem coming yes, soon yes M-O-M Master Organizer of Mayhem comes out September 3rd so I'm really excited about that wonderful okay so everybody check 
out Christy's, uh, just go to her uh, website and all of this is on her website, christyclover.com, which is on the screen there. Christy, thank you so much. It was wonderful talking to you. Uh, you know, maybe I can have you back some uh, sometime in the future if you would uh, like to join us again. We'd love to I would love that. Out. And I'll make sure that we can get the video working. So I yeah, apologize. Right. That's my computer. It's probably my computer. I probably didn't push a certain button and it's all good. Oh, no worries. <laughs> no worries. It's fine. Okay. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Great talking with you, too. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You, too. Bye-bye. Okay, guys. I'm still on, right? Hello. Okay. Welcome to the Effortless English Show. Push the wrong button. Okay, so there you go. On my screen, you can see. Oh, I got our name on here twice. ChristyGlover.com. So check her out. Very nice, right? Very. Now, some of you said she was speaking fast. Not really. Um, uh, faster than me. Uh, a little faster than I speak. So what I'll do is, I like I've done, I did it with David the Good, and I did it with uh, Acharya, and I did it... Did I do one with... Uh, Anthony, I think I did. Uh, I'll do like a, a one or two videos where I will show some parts of this interview and I'll kind of, you know, explain like if there's a part where maybe I think she used some vocabulary uh, that you might not know or some of you might not know or that uh, where maybe uh, she was speaking extra quickly. And so I'll kind of, you know, do what I usually do, which I'll slow it down and pause and explain and do these things so it can help you understand it more so i'll do a few follow-up videos probably next week oh no not next week i'm going on vacation tony is faster that's right alexi says tony robbins is faster definitely he's a faster speaker (laughs) uh so i'm going on vacation vacation time for me not really a vacation because i'm here with two twin babies so uh, i just really hope to get a little bit of extra sleep (laughs) That's my exciting vacation. <laughs> so I will um, be here back. I'll be back on Sunday to do the Matrix. Okay, so we'll definitely do the the Matrix show. Maybe tomorrow. I'm not sure. So just watch my gab tomorrow. Uh, but then after after the Matrix show on Sunday, I will take one week off. One week vacation, end of August. Keep doing the challenge, guys. Keep doing the challenge. Uh, I need to enter my hours. I didn't enter them yesterday or today. So keep doing your listening. Keep doing your reading. Uh, I'm continuing to do it. I will talk about this when I come back from my vacation after one week. I'll come back and I'll talk about, you know, my experiences after one month. We're about to finish our first month of the challenge. So it would be a good time we can uh, I'll do a show when I come back from the vacation we can talk about the challenge how we're all doing I've had some good points and I've had some you know things that have been difficult for me and I'm making some changes to what I'm doing a little bit so it's a good thing to do right when you do something like this like our challenge is that after one month and you can kind of see like what's working what's not working what's what are you not enjoying what are you enjoying and then we can make a few changes and then keep going because we have three more months and finally i hope you enjoy this really enjoyed the homeschooling topic uh you know she's such a positive uh you can just hear very positive friendly person and uh very upbeat wonderful uh i think it's nice to get that because you know we again we've been focused on brave new world sometimes when i talk about homeschooling you know i focus a lot on the uh the kind of uh i focus a lot on the kind of the evils of school (laughs) but it's nice to focus on the other side which is the positive parts 
<laughs> Alright, so lots of love to you guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. So again, go to christyclover.com. That is her website. And of course, join my VIP program. It's over here, effortlessenglishclub.com. Become a VIP member at effortlessenglishclub.com. See you next time.